When life gives you lemons, make chocolate cake and leave bitches wondering how you did it. (laughs) That's basically my life motto, but it's also the motto of this podcast, the theme. Rachel Balkovec, who is the first female strength and conditioning coach in a in professional baseball is here to talk with me today. I knew I would love her, but we got along really, really well. Even some of her blogs have some of my favorite quotes in the world. So it's just a podcast that is very much kind of uh, a reality check of what working hard means and how you get to where you want to be and how to be successful. And I don't even know really what it is. I just had so much fun talking with her. I didn't want to stop talking. So um, I hope you enjoyed as much as I did some of the things I'm obsessed with. What am I obsessed with? Uh, if you've been following my Instagram, I'm obsessed with egg yolks this week. (laughs) I just, oh man, I just get so fired up about it because really when you think about what replaces egg yolks, when people say that, yes, I, you got to take a lot of, you have to take more supplements than me in order to replace the nutrients and egg yolks. So if you don't do egg yolks because of the taste, I, I totally get it. But Everything in egg yolks is just hard to replace. And so some of it could be saturated fat in butter or ghee, which is awesome. But truly, I mean, it's just one of those superfoods that I have yet to find a replacement for unless you really are taking vitamin K, which we talked about with Dr. Stephen Lynn in a recent podcast, vitamin A, which is eating a lot of liver. I guarantee you, if you're not eating egg yolks, there's a low probability that you're eating liver. So if you want to go see my rants on Instagram, go check it out. Emily Schramm. I made some people angry this week, but I also just give so many less fucks. (laughs) Sorry, mom. Um, I just am in a place of, I can't believe this is still happening. It's 2018, this whole low fat paradigm, the what the health phenomenon, what the, like, what the fuck is happening? So I do have a podcast guest coming up. She's amazing. Diana Rogers. She's doing a rebuttal, not even a rebuttal. Cause I don't even think it's worth her time or energy to say that it's a rebuttal. It's just basically going to be the first documentary that shows it's called kale versus cow. And I will when we do our podcast release, um, hopefully next week, it might be the week after it'll be all about how you can support the documentary and how you can follow along. But regardless, that's coming soon and I'm excited about it, but let's get to this podcast. This podcast is going to be awesome. I hope you enjoy it. Review if you like it, share if you like it and, um, keep at it, keep doing what you're doing. I have a new challenge coming out February 5th. February 5th is a relaunch of what we did in January. So version one, if you liked it, share it 21 days for $21. Um, Some great info, great giveaways happening. And uh, hopefully the next time I do this podcast, I can talk about the Body Awareness Project and its launch because that will happen in between this week and next. Okay. Have a great hump day crush your week. Enjoy the show. <laughs> I'm Emily Schramm, the ultimate meathead hippie. Welcome to the show. I was saying before we got on this, I, I was saying like, I'm just, I basically, it's the highest vibrational point ever when I come to LA and like, 
I'm in Hermosa Beach right now. I'm sitting next close to the pier. I've been to Oceanside. I've been like Santa Monica. If you go, I'm telling you, if you go to Santa Monica Pier on a Sunday night and see all the people like doing acro yoga and like whatever the hell they're doing, I don't know, everyone's doing something weird. Have you ever been in a place where there's like a larger collection of human beings just being like authentically weird? in a good way <laughs> like yes. so, it's so amazing firing and you just yeah. kind of think like you don't see it as much unless it's warm weather because one they just can be barefoot and with yeah. clothes and they're just like openly themselves so maybe that's why I'm so drawn to the ocean because it's creative and there's so much more culture I think in the in, you know on the east coast west coast and even yeah. in the middle Denver's definitely liberal but everywhere outside of Denver is not and so there's yeah. just um always this pool I can't believe we missed each other by like an hour I know, I know but it's not surprising that we both found our way to Encinitas for some reason I know I to get out here I actually had to come here for like a meeting with USC um professors for them considering going back to school um but when I when I wanted to go I was like well I might as well just go to LA for a week <laughs> like I only had to be here for one day but I was like eh might as well spend seven days and get down to San Diego once. <laughs> well, what's interesting is that LA proper, I hate. I like, it's the least yeah. vibrational place in the world. But I do think it's yeah. get a little bit further. What are you going to go back to school for? I'm excited. I mean, we just jumped right into this. Everyone, this is great. This is raw conversation. This is raw. <laughs> this is Rachel and she's awesome. And I've been, I was introduced to you by, um, well, I guess not introduced by you, but with uh, Dr. Sean. Yeah. So okay. I did a podcast with him and he, I think as soon as we ended or maybe even in the podcast, he was like, you have to talk to Rachel. You are going <laughs> to love her. So I'm really glad we're connecting. What do yeah. you go back to school for? Would this be just a PhD or master's? Um, it's going to be a second master's for me in biomechanics. And so uh, I'm still not hundred percent sure, but it's something I, I would like to do and I've wanted to do for a while. So uh, USC is one of the top, in fact, I think they are the top program in the country for um, the department, which is biokinesiology. And I was recommended to their department and I went and visited yesterday and they're the real deal. So uh, it's very expensive, but I'm like, eh, like any, again, any excuse, I'm like, well, they're in Los Angeles. And I mean, is there high any other reason? High <laughs> vibrations. Well, yeah. for you, you have so much, um, you have so much going on. So like, what would be the incentive for you to go to a, to continue your education? I mean, like for people, I know a lot of people in my world, you know, going to NTA school or going to learn more mm -hmm. about nutrition is definitely on their list. But what is it for you? Because I feel like you, I mean, we'll talk about your career and what you've built and how far you've come, but what is it that's pulling you to keep doing that? I mean, I mean, the, the short answer is I feel dumb. <laughs> I, feel, I feel like I don't Stagnant. know enough. Yeah, I feel like I don't know enough and I, I continue to run into like this brick wall in my career, which is strength and conditioning. And I, I think I'm hypothesizing right now that a, some education in biomechanics would help me get past that wall of like answering questions that I have. Uh, so that would be like the short answer. Long answer is I want to be a general manager in the future. And so I, I have another hypothesis that not many people are making the connection yet, but um, I really think that studying the body and understanding the body is going to be the future of, of athletics where right now general managers are predominantly people who do data analysis and are businessmen, but don't really understand the body. And so, you know, they, they're, I, I love our general managers. They've stepped it out and I, I'm inspired by him and I think he's phenomenal, but I see that as like a route that could be 
taken to, you know, up the game. So um, not many people are, are connecting that link and they're advising me against going back to biomechanics. But I think in a decade, we're going to see more and more people who not only have the data analysis side, which is definitely going to be in biomechanics with all the physics and I mean, just really breaking down data that you get from gajillions of points of, of you know, different joint movements. Um, but also then understanding, having data analysis on that side, but understanding the body fully and, and understanding what makes it tick and what makes it move. So um, that's the idea. Call me in 10 years. I'll let you know if it worked out. <laughs> I love it. No, I'll keep, I, I think with you, uh, and this is just listening to some of the stuff and following you, you have this un, um, undeniable desire to be more and to really, really not be stagnant. And I think this is why I was so drawn to you. And it's like, I have to talk to this person because we're equally psycho because <laughs> as soon as we get, you know, in somebody else's eyes and they'll always advise you, you're good, just chill. It's like, to me, if I take a week of not learning something new, I turn into a crazy person where I'm like, this is going to backfire. And I'm literally going to lose everything. If I do not keep learning, if I don't keep going, and so I'm always in the same boat. I've signed up for like just this year. It's, it's like the third week of January. And I'm already a part of like four different academies, online academies. And I don't, I definitely am not getting my master's. Don't get me wrong. I, I didn't even finish grad school or undergrad. So really? I'm like, I didn't. And, and that's how much I hate school. But if it's school that is about things I want to learn about, which isn't for me in typical college education, I, I am all in. So I'm with you on that. So talk to me about your, um, you know, your career, where you're at right now. I want people to know, I mean, you're the first female that's being a strength and conditioning coach and or coordinator, I guess is the technical term. I would just like, I want to hear about, you know, <laughs> short version or long version, your backstory. And then I want to get into some questions. Uh, it, the long version is long. Um, but I, I like, I think it's important for people to hear. Um, because it's like, I do the short version and then people are like, Oh, she did a couple internships and then got a job. And I'm like, no, that's not even close to what happened. Um, so I'll try to make it kind of short and long. I don't know. All right, we'll just go. So <laughs> um, born in Omaha, Nebraska. I played softball growing up, got uh, recruited to play college softball. So I played one year at Creighton University, transferred to the University of New Mexico, finished up there in Albuquerque. Um, met a professor that's still my mentor, who I'm going to San Francisco to see right now, Chris Frankel. He's a badass. Um, met him there. He recommended that I do an internship at Athletes Performance, which is um, now EXOS. I don't know if you're familiar with that, but it's basically, at the time, it was like, everyone's going to train at Athletes Performance. So um, and a lot of baseball players too. So I knew pretty early on that I was interested in baseball. Um, and so went to athletes performance, worked uh, for free there for like four months or something. Left, came back, ended up very long story short, met a roommate there. She's still a friend of mine. She was an LSU javelin thrower. And she was like, hey, you should meet the LSU strength coaches. And I was like, okay, no problem. Go over and meet the LSU strength coaches. Bam, got a graduate assistantship at LSU, uh, which I did not realize at the time. I mean, I did, I, I knew it was cool. I knew it was a big deal, but like that seriously catapulted me. And um, long story short, I worked for like almost a year before I, I could go there. So they offered me the job a year before I could get it. So I basically worked three jobs for a year trying to save up to be broke because that's what you are when you're a graduate assistant. Yeah. Um, I think it's important to note that those three jobs were one, personal training, two, waitressing. And the third one, I think is great, is that every other weekend I stayed at an elderly couple's house and babysat them for the weekend like 
Well, I just think this is good to know because people, so one of my favorite quotes, and you're going to relate to this is, uh, I'm going to cuss. I'm sorry, mom. It's when life gives me lemons, I make chocolate cake and leave bitches wondering how I did it. <laughs> I'm stealing that straight from you. It's going straight. I will credit you, but where did you get that? That is I so one of my really good friends, Sapria. I mean, she's been with me since day one. Like she, when I first started at a gym, they wouldn't even hire me. They wouldn't even consider me as a trainer. I mean, it was like I was the front desk in the shitty hours from 5 to 9 checking people in with their fingers. And I just remember she was always coming to the class. So she would do spin class and it was such a wait list. Like people are crazy about spin classes. And so she would always be there saying hi, being so nice. And so it ended up, we ended up becoming friends and just over the course of the years, she's been the person that's seen me through it all. Like she became my client, one of my first clients in my own business, a CrossFit client. It was just like, so she, she said it to me one day and she was like, holy shit, I've never seen something more accurate. This is golden. <laughs> and I talk about this all the time. So I have these ambassadors, like, you know, just people that are in the field and trying, and it's like people glamorize what a career is all the time. Yes. And, and it's so just, it's just, dirt shit work and you're going to be exhausted. And it, it I've, I've had people say like, God, I wish I had your job. I'm like, do you, do you really want this? There's a possibility. Cause I don't they have no idea. They don't. And I no. love it because they will figure it out in their own time when they're ready. And when the, you know, when it all lines up, but I just, I hope people understand. I love that you said that because it's yeah. not, there's no glamour. You just called attention to, and okay. So remember we left off at, I was changing um, old people's diapers. So <laughs> Um, you just called attention to something that I was thinking about because I post a lot of like pictures on Instagram of my travels and stuff. And I just went to Asia for a month and I was in Europe for a month. Um, and people are like, Oh, how do you, how do you do that? How do you afford that? How do you do this? And the, the truth of that is, you know, how I afford it. And I'll tell you, we, before we, I think it was before we got on the podcast, you we were talking about LA proper is like the worst place. It's like people make movies about this. Um, I want everyone to know that I'm in LA, but I'm actually staying the place that I stayed at was a hostel in, in South central LA. So I, my life that I've chosen, and this is something I choose. So I pay the price in one way or another is I travel basically anytime I can, I'm traveling. So I have three months in the off season where I can work from my computer and I travel the fuck out of it. Like I like don't waste any time. Yeah. But the thing is, is that I, I'm still okay with like, I was sleeping in a bunk bed, like, uh, you know, there's like another girl sleeping in the room next to me. And like, I don't care. Cause I went down to Oceanside and I went up to like, it's expensive to do what I do. So I like do it in that way. You think like, also you think I like, Oh, I'm traveling to Asia. But what you don't see is for nine months out of the year, I wake up at 4am and I'm literally like pounding away on my computer for two hours before I go to work. And then I go to work and work my whatever 12 hour day. And then after that I train and I go to the volleyball courts to play volleyball. Like I don't, I'm a psycho. And so, you know, <laughs> Like you said, everyone's like, oh, I want your job. Your job is so cool. But you're like, you don't see how psycho I am. Yeah, it's a a different breed. And it's something that I am so grateful for. And I did hear you actually talk about this with Sean. Um, I think it's a lot to do with my parents. It's a lot to do with what they build in me. I mean, my first job, I was 13. So I just, I give them so much credit for this work drive that they just always had that I replicated. And it makes no, I just know no other life. Um, but I also think it's hilarious to see you being as successful as you are being like, I need another master's. And I'm like, 
<laughs> I mean, yeah. finish this undergrad. I love it. It makes me really happy to see it because it's, it's truly what the, the crazy is what makes people successful. And I, yeah. um, I'm excited to see where your journey takes you. So right now, tell me about your, like, what is your, what are you doing for 12 hours? Like, what is your job? I mean, I really want <laughs> okay, to get right now. It is, it is chill right now. Like I don't, I mean, I'm doing, I work from a computer, so I'm doing stuff like remotely and everything. Like we did, for example, when I was in Asia, I was doing interviews remotely and like every single morning I would wake up at five because it was like 5 PM in the States. And so I wake up at five and like do three hours of interviews and then type up my summaries and do whatever. Like those are things that we do the opposite programming. Um, just like we have a, we're starting up with a new company. So getting some things going with, um, new company, new software and like getting that going. It's just, honestly, it's, it's as if, um, like normal people have weekends, you know, or even normal people like have normal hours and go to happy hours and stuff or whatever. So like everyone has, I don't know what normal people do, but they do it. And so they have like, they have like everyday breaks where they go to happy hour at 5 PM and they like take time off or they have weekends where they take time off. I don't do that for like nine months. And then I take my time off for three. <laughs> that you, like, all out. You're all. Yeah. So I, I work minimally now. So. Which is amazing because that's like, you can be guilt-free in those three months and just yes. do it your way. So it's really, really cool. And I do, I want to talk about, so strength and conditioning, um, you yourself, let's talk about what you, how you train one, how you fit training in and how, you know, you keep it a, part of your life as you are working these kind of crazy hours. Let's just start with that. Yeah. I was just having this conversation with my sister because, um, she actually lives in Denver. You guys Does should meet. She? Yeah. Uh, right downtown. So anyways, she's like, do you know she what, works do you know crossroads? Um, no, but it's, I saw the bridge thing in your video that she yeah. lives like literally right there, like <gasps> the bridge. That's so cool. I'm sure we've like walked by each other at some point. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> the things. Uh, you, know, you know what I'm talking about. I do. I got you. <laughs> um, yeah. So anyway, I was just talking to her and she's like, she's just like me. She's crazy. I mean, she might be more crazy than I am like work-wise. She's like, she works from home and she like, she works from home. So she can't stop working. Like she just wakes up and there's her office and then she's going to sleep and there's her office. Like, you know, right. You know. <laughs> and so it's, and I'm the same way. Like I can work from my computer so I can always be doing work. I can always be doing something. So She's like, I don't know. I can't find time to work out. And I'm like, you literally just have to tell yourself to stop. Like, mm -hmm. all right, now I'm stopping my work and now I'm doing my fitness because I know for me and for you and for I'm sure many of your listeners, like the more fit you are, the more healthy you're eating, the better you feel and the better you're going to be able to pay more attention to your work, but you're always going to be sitting at your desk going, Oh God, I was my, I missed my workout today. Mm -hmm. Like that's, that's just as bad for me. Um, so I know like mentally, physically, all of it, the, the more I'm training and the better I'm eating, the better I feel. I think that's a pretty general concept, but most people are like, oh yeah, I get that. But then they let everything slip. So yeah, uh, it's and literally just sometimes planning helps, but more often than not, it's me just going like, okay, now I'm shutting my computer. Mm -hmm. <laughs> now I'm leaving this to the side. It will be there in an hour. It'll be there in two hours. I'm going. So, and I think it's interesting too, like with, um, with any type of when I'm at the gym, it, you know, the frustrating thing for me sometimes is that it becomes uh, work because I have to like film or I have to, you know, make a little video or I have to remind like sometimes the gym becomes work and that's when I hate it. But for a lot of times it's like, I actually can do not disturbs, cut out all the time, like 
leave my phone and have my Bluetooth, leave my phone in the locker room and like really check out because I think the times where I incorporate work in my workouts in between sets, I leave feeling like so unsatisfied. So it's so mentally needed to like just completely block that part out. Yeah. And I know what you're saying. Like you, sometimes you go to the gym to like get away and then you're, you're not away. You're just yeah. you're right in there. So then you're stressed out because of the gym and because of your work. Yes. Um, so you asked me what I do for like my own workouts. So that's actually another like thing that I'm learning because I'm, I just can't stop learning, I guess. But, um, so CrossFit actually is something that I'm starting to dabble in and oh. that, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, I basically just realized like I'm looking at all these girls, uh, who are, you know, my age, older, whatever. And they're just like, they're doing shit that I can't do. And I'm like, what the fuck? Like I can't walk <laughs> my hands. Like I can't do all this gymnastics stuff. And I'm like, I'm strong and I'm fit, but like, I want to do that stuff. You know, I want to mm-hmm. just basically, I want to be able to maximize my body for as long as possible. And in my mind, CrossFit is maximizing your body. It's being as strong as you can, being extreme, being extremely mobile, being extremely like being able to have incredible balance, being able to do like raw things like climbing ropes like moving heavy objects like things that aren't specific to a sport they're just like life and yeah. those people are fucking warriors i'm telling you god they're crazy like, <laughs> they are crazy it's it's like the first so i my very first crossfit workout i ever saw um well i had heard about it and then somebody was like no seriously emily google it so i googled it and i was it's i was watching i was still way before i was even a trainer or i guess i was learning to be a trainer i was still doing the front desk um and i just remember seeing these ladies they would be doing they were doing fran so 2159 mm-hmm. thrusters pull-ups and they just completely started crying after like just broken <laughs> down tears and i was like yes that and so but what's interesting is where i am with crossfit and some of my listeners know this is that the functional piece I'm obsessed with. The strong man has always been my like my like Atlas Stones, rope climbs, the weird like party tricks things I am obsessed with because no other gym is making you do it. But that's where I feel like that's why I want to start my own gym, Rachel. And I just I, like I because I get so I get so adrenally burnt out and I get injured and hurt and I can never turn it off because I'm so competitive. So I go to CrossFit and I'm like, I have to be the best. I'm going to crush. I have to, you know, it's just like this, this overwhelming drive where I almost like, I I'm not convinced that it's, it's the end all be all. So I just will say, it feeds right into the psycho. It feeds right into the psycho for sure. Like even this morning I was at a, a CrossFit gym in Hermosa and I was just like it's a men- it's a mental game you know it's just like so i'm i'm exhausted after i think it was like i don't know it was like four rounds into a five round of like a 400 meter run and a 20 calorie bike and i was just like i was kind of running out of time so i wanted something quick and it's like okay i'm running up this hill and i'm like i'm slowing down I'm like rachel why are you slowing down you're you're a bit you're a bitch like keep going I'm like okay now I'm, I'm like talking to myself in my mind and it's that's what i love about it though is that it's like doing it when you're tired doing it. I mean, yeah, it's, it's, it's psycho. It's, that's the, the bottom line is why am I doing it? It's because it's psycho. It's, like, it's it is, it is. It's, and it's literally been a four to five year journey of me trying to moderate it, saying that I could have it in small doses and finally yeah. being able to be like, so that right now, and I do do CrossFit. Um, I mean, I call it's my own version. So Olympic lifting is my favorite thing in the world. So, and I know you do Olympic lifting. Um, for you and your baseball players. So when you're like for Olympic lifts, does that translate? I want to talk about 
the translation for baseball and if like what you guys actually use because I know that that's such a weird crossover and I think maybe like outside of power cleans is there really much use for Olympic lifting with baseball players so you just hit like a very like hot topic um so Olympic lifting is not really accepted in professional baseball um uh and I would say like I would say that it's applicable to any sport where you have to be explosive um but am I gonna like be teaching full snatches to our baseball players anytime soon probably not just because if I can do a power clean that's good enough for me and I can I can get overhead stuff in a lot of different ways um yeah so the answer is that we don't do it currently and I am I am like continually trying to introduce that to the baseball community and I think it's right around the corner um, because people are starting to realize that we're underserving our athletes in some ways not that Olympic lifting is the answer for everything um, I think I probably get a bad rap in the field because people know that I'm like into Olympic lifting I, it's out there and that's kind of, that was kind of like how I was raised in the strength and conditioning field um, but I don't I don't think that everyone has to do it and I don't think everyone needs to do it or wants to do it so I think it's a tool it's just like anything else so with with regards to baseball it's a tool it can be used I think it's I personally believe that it's a good tool to use and if you can use it and they're open to it then do it for my listeners that aren't crossfitters or haven't dabbled in Olympic lifting because I know that a lot of people are so curious about it but it's like such a maybe they work out at home or by themselves and having mm-hmm. a coach and instructor etc like it's just an intimidating thing to start would mm-hmm. you just share like your take your scientific mind approach to why Olympic lifting can be for anyone whether it's somebody lo- trying to lose weight or somebody that wants to just be a better athlete oh gosh um <laughs> Well, I always go like the mental side first. And that's the reason why I probably like Olympic lifting is like, it's the most technical lift that you can do. And so if you're like, let's just say, I just think like, ladies, look, when you can put your hands on a bar and rip it off the ground and then sink underneath of it, catch it and rise up with it. And then you like, let it pop off your shoulders and like fall on the ground. And you're like, like, it's just a great feeling, you know? And (laughs) it's like I said, it's like, to me, it's the hardest thing to learn. And so that's the benefit of it is that it's the hardest lift that you can do. Um, And some power lifter out there is getting really mad at me right now. But (laughs) so I I think Olympic lifting is the most technical lift that you can do. So if you can conquer that, it's like you've conquered the world. So if you can do that beautifully, then great. From a physical standpoint, you know, I'm not going to tell you that every soccer mom needs to do power cleans because... Like, I don't know how it's applicable unless you have to, like, pick your kid up off the ground quickly. clean your kid. Yeah. Um, I'm not going to say that you have to do it. Um, but, yeah, just literally barbell, barbell movements um, in general, I think, are a good idea because people ask me this all the time. I'm like, why do you have to use a barbell? Well, why do you use a fork? Because you can, you can lift more food with a fork. And instead of picking up with your hands. So that's the difference between dumbbells and barbells. Like you lift more weight. So use a barbell. And for Olympic lifting, I just think it's, it's the most intricate, beautiful movements in weightlifting. So why not do it? It's so badass. It makes (laughs) me feel so good. And it just, it does. I like the first thing that you said when you first started talking about this is you have to be, well, with CrossFit, you have to be mobile. And that's because you're a smart CrossFitter and you, (laughs) 
you don't have to be biology to crossfit you don't have to be should be yes <laughs> and yeah. same, same with um snatches and overhead squats which i love what you what is your favorite out of all the lists and i do think what you said about powerlifting there's no way that these people should be upset because it's true snatching is so much more technical than bench press like you can't it's true it's a fact that. it's a, a fact. fact yeah um <laughs> My favorite, I guess, would be like a full clean. Um, and probably, I mean, there's two reasons that I like snatching, but I'm just, I am not very, I, I'm good at the movement. I can proficiently do it, um, but with very light weight because I've got I saw you moving stuff. some weight. Didn't I see it with your sister? I don't know. The Instagram video. Oh, you but I mean, like, I don't know what that was. It was like 115 pounds or something. It felt, I, well, it looked easy. I mean, I guess that's the thing with snatch. It yeah. looks easy no matter how it feels. See, if so, it's like, right, you saw that video and I, I, can, I can do it, I, not perfectly, but I can do it very proficiently, um, but just not with a lot of weight, like relatively, relative to the world. You know, I can do very, very little weight uh, because I've dealt with some shoulder issues on and off because I was a softball player for my life. So for my real life, my past life. Um, <laughs> so yeah, that's, I would say just like a full clean. Like I said, when I just like being able to sink under that, catch it right in the bottom, you know, stick it for a second, stand up, pop it off the shoulder. Just like, you know, if you're out there listening and do power cleans, you know what I'm talking about. Are you doing yeah. clean? It's the best feeling <laughs> in the world. Seriously. Yeah. Like I, so I work out at a gym. It's a pretty, not globo gym. It's um, probably right by your sister actually, but it's, they have a few platforms and I finally have, I've seen about four girls that come in an Olympic lift oh. no, with no guys. And it just makes oh. me freaking happy. And it's like, it's, it's like my dream to have an Olympic lifting gym. I'm going to you hear it. my reaction. Is there like a problem with that? I was like, Oh really? Like, I know it's so, and not by not training with their boyfriends not training with a coach like them just coming in this girl just throwing the snatch bar overhead just doing power snatches just walked away dropped it I was just like yes and of course I always am like you look awesome and they're so surprised when I talk to them and it's because yeah. I'm used to the CrossFit community of like slapping people on the ass and being like that was fucking amazing and these people yeah. are like what did you say is something wrong I'm like no I'm, I'm, encouraging, yeah, like I'm encouraging you yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um yeah. well, this is super fun because do you what do you think about powerlifting let's transition to powerlifting and because I so I'm doing right now uh I'm just gonna use you for my own benefit with I'm doing the conjugate method so I'm playing around with a few like dynamic effort upper body lower body uh max effort mm -hmm. upper body lower body I am obsessed with it because I think I love not to talk shit on, I wasn't talking shit on bench press because I really do love bench press. Um, maybe because it's just such a move that not a lot of girls do. And I think it, I want people to see girls doing it. And I'm always like trying to prove like, yes, I can bench press more than the guy next to me. And I think maybe that's part of it. What are your thoughts on just powerlifting? Um, dead, I guess mainly bench press. Let's talk about bench press. Um, <sighs> yeah, I mean, I'm still like, I don't lift a lot of weight with bench press because of shoulder issues. So personally, I'm not like, yes, I get the bench press because usually up until recently, and actually I've been working with Dr. Sean uh, on this, but up until recently, it just literally every time I bench press heavy, it'll hurt my shoulder. What, what um, is it that's going on on your shoulder? Um, actually, some just major imbalances due to like me not lifting pressing overhead or doing stuff overhead for a really long time and then that motion got really weak and so I was like way way overdoing it with my pulling my vertical pulling and and way underdoing it with any kind of pressing so 
um, counterintuitive to what you might think. My shoulder was yeah. giving me some pain. And then Dr. Sean was like, uh, you, and, and if you're listening, you don't know who that is. It's Active Life RX, um, Sean Patuch, I think is how you pronounce it. Um, but anyway, so he was basically like, um, you're being a baby. You need to start overhead pressing. And I was like, oh, okay, that's good. So <laughs> I was like, all right, so now I'm just doing overhead presses and stuff. But yeah, so that was what's, what was going on. Um, but yeah, what, what do I think about bench press? It's awesome. I don't know. I think power lifters are, are just as incredible in, as Olympic lifters in a different way. Like they're, the, the weight they're able to, to move is just incredible. And it's, it's so intricate. It seems simple, but it's so, so intricate. Like mm-hmm. it's a different deadlift. It's a different bench press. It's a different, like the way that they're set up and even down to like, do you, have you ventured into like getting gear, like different body suits and stuff? No. Yeah, like that's. I mean, it's so intricate. It's a it's a whole sport by itself, and it's not simple. I didn't mean to make that you know inference earlier when I said that. Uh, but yeah, I think it's all good. God, especially the girls. I'm just like, I'm so weak. Wait, talk to me about the suits. What suits are you talking about? The suits, you know, like they put on like a. I'm sh- there's like different kinds. It's like called a onesie. like. Yeah, kind of. And if you look at, I think Slingshot is like one of the main brands. I'm obviously very ignorant in this area, but basically it's a suit that's like tight and it assists you to, to move the weight. I didn't know so, that. Yeah. And I'm pretty sure that, uh, again, some power lifter out there is like, what the, I can't believe they don't know this stuff. Well, um, I, I was in the, um, like my first, I did an Olympic lifting meet and I just went by the way it looked. So I got this like really fun cat sparkly onesie because I thought it was awesome but I had no idea that maybe one if I got a onesie that made me snatch more I would have been all for that I don't know I don't know if that's the case in (laughs) at least I've never come across that I I mean maybe I'm missing out on something but I don't think that's how it works in Olympic lifting I think that's actually just so you don't have clothes away from your body um but yeah in powerlifting (laughs) suits like there's clothing that people wear that actually help them that makes sense um and knee wraps and stuff so there's divisions like you can either go raw like no suit and that's a different thing than wearing a suit because the suit helps you that's cool Uh, there's this really amazing documentary um i'm sure you see i can't even remember what it's called i just watched it but it's with brian shaw who's in colorado so it's the strongman competition so like the strongest in the world so it's like the top five he's in colorado uh there's a few most of them are I think Russia or the just very thick Arnold accents and they're just insane. Like the things that they're picking up, it was like, uh, I think it was a $1,200 or 1200 pound ones, $1,200 pound, um, like farmer's carry walk up a hill. Jeez. They did it in like eight seconds. It was like top time. It's just yeah. like so strong. I think that's the bottom line is I like, I like anything that makes me feel bad about myself. <laughs> so, so I like, it pushes you, right? It makes yes. you realize that you're like, oh, I have, I could do more. Yeah, I follow all these like girls on Instagram and stuff that basically are like in better shape, lift more, do it so that I can feel bad about myself every day, and then I go out and want to lift more. But I mean, there's seriously girls that weigh like 130 pounds that are doubling my weights, and I'm just like, God. Like, <laughs> so, uh, well, I I like your fucked up way of inspiration. <laughs> Yeah. I need to feel bad about myself in order to get inspired. Well, but it, you know, that was an exaggeration, but it's just like anything else. If you hang I'm out saying. with people, you know, like who are, who are the five closest people to you? Like, are they pushing you? Are they dragging you down? What is it? So I try to like, you know, have that principle 
pervade throughout my life in different ways. So no, it's so important because I think as soon as you get like, okay, I'm fairly decently strong or the people in my life, like my, one of my best friends, he's always like, damn, that was so good. I'm like, don't tell me that that was good. Cause then I'll get comfortable. <laughs> I yeah. need to, I need, an, I need more than I'm able to do. Cause that's the yeah. only way that I get that drive that pushes me. So I, I completely relate. That's that's CrossFit for me. And that's actually, I'm going to, you're familiar with Root Strength then, obviously. Uh-huh. I'm going to their athlete camp um, this next week and I'm going to get my ass handed to me. Probably. <laughs> I mean, it's, they're insane. I mean, yeah. they're awesome. You'll, is it in Utah? Yes. Yeah. Cool. I just yeah. was on his um, podcast. I was on Michael's podcast. Oh, yeah. I, I was on it last year. That's kind of how I, I've known them for a while from remotely because we're both like Louisiana people so okay um kind of like knowing about them and from afar and then I was on this podcast and then I just started like following listening more and I was like these people are badass so I'm going um I'm going to the camp they know that I like don't know what I'm doing so um I'm sure there's gonna be all kinds of crossfitters there that just make me feel bad about myself I, okay. I'm having a little bit of FOMO. I feel like I want to come. To I'm like, what is my week next week? Can I come? Yes. That'd be so it's, fun. I'm pretty sure it's the first one that they're like opening. They have like the athlete camp truly for their athletes, I think. But I think this is the first one that they're opening for like people. Cool. Um, Send me a link. That would be yeah. so fun. Yeah. So I'm going, uh, my boyfriend and I are going and he's an actual CrossFit person. So uh, he's going to do fine. I'm going to cry probably you'll be fine you'll love it you'll be crying but you'll be like this is amazing. <laughs> yeah um talk yeah. to me about for you so I'm on this like you know I'm doing a bunch of um lunch and learns in 2018 and trying to get people motivated and talking about habits and um, goal setting and I know that habits and you are just like there's once you have a goal there's no in between there's no like oh I can't get it because you're just that personality you're very much like I guess it would be, I don't know what tendency that is, maybe the obliger or maybe the, I don't remember what Gretchen Rubin's fourth one is, but for you, what are your two, I mean, it's early 2018. Do you have like specific goals for yourself, for your career? I know you've been thinking about it. Um, what are some of okay, the I'm like that? a, I reflect on this quite a bit because I am like, no, I don't have specific goals necessarily. And also I would like to say habits wise, have you ever come across the book Anti-Fragile? Nassim Taleb. Um, so basically, like, I don't have routines in my life. Like, I don't even have a home. I don't own, like, I don't have an apartment that I'm renting right now. I don't have a home that I go home to. I literally, like, have two suitcases, and I've been traveling for the past two and a half months, and I have one more month of just straight travel. Um, and even then, I will, I'll have a month in Florida, and then I've got six months in Corpus Christi, and then I, I literally don't know where I'm going to be in seven months. Could be in LA, could be somewhere else. So I don't have a routine. And so my habits have to be like principle based. Mm-hmm. I don't have like a, okay, I put my keys here, and then I put this here, and then I have my coffee cup here, and then that reminds me that I have to write this note down, and then I have this note, and then like I don't have any structure like that in my life. So it's very hard to, for me to go, okay, I have this habit and I get in this routine. Like I don't have a routine. So my, my principal base routine is that I eat a certain way, no matter what, like I won't compromise my eating habits, no matter where I am. That got shattered to pieces when I went to Asia, just so everyone knows. Asia, <laughs> that was, that Asia was, is not super friendly with 
That was an extenuating circumstance, okay? I was like in a very remote village in the middle of nowhere, so I had to shift some things around, okay? Just to be clear, but that was two weeks out of my life. So anyway. What are the the things that you stay true to? Like what is your philosophy on food? Oh man, this is like a loaded question for you, huh? (laughs) Yeah, I've listened to your your podcast a little bit. So um, I'm vegetarian, but I would say I'm like loosely vegetarian because I still, I eat eggs, uh, I would say, pretty regularly not every day but um I eat eggs and I I do allow myself some fish if I know that it's clean and I know that it's it's like very like it just came from the water hopefully so I I'm loosely vegetarian that's the answer um I don't do a lot of supplementation like ever um some of that is because I don't really believe it's necessary if you're eating healthy. Some of that is because I don't always trust that the supplements I'm eating are like, great. I know you have a whole list that you're going to send me after we go to this podcast. <laughs> Based on what I just said. I, uh, I, will, if you, I will say though, just as a vegetarian, how long have you been a vegetarian? Um, about a year and a half. Okay. Um, two years. Yeah. Okay. At about two years is when just in general, vitamin B depletion happens. So I swear to God, you can look this up and I know you're science oriented, so I will send you the research, but you really should take a a B vitamin and a a high quality food based one, if nothing else. And I do think you can get everything with vegetables, right? But like vegetables, what our soil sucks. There's nothing in our soil anymore. So there's only so many beets that you can eat a day in order to get (laughs) that requirement. And I just, uh, you should, I don't know if you listen to it, but Alex Swanson, go to, Get your genes tested if you ever want to nerd out and do the uh, nutrition genome and you will find so much about like what your body specifically needs for supplements so that you're not just taking it. Like you really do know like, oh, based on my genetic profile, this would be good for me. I think that would be the best place for you to go because you, you're, you're going to need the facts to go along with it. I can't just tell you what to take. I knew I was going to get a lecture. Sorry. No, it's good. This is good. See, you're making me feel bad about myself. No. (laughs) Well, I do think it's so, and that's another reason I want to live by the ocean or at least be able to go there more because it's so true. And it like breaks my heart with like, I love poke. Like I, I go to Hawaii as much as I can. Poke bowls are like the best thing that's ever happened in the world. And the, the issue is it's now like a trend. I see like six of them just yeah. opened up in Denver. Yeah. I'm like, don't people know about the tuna overfishing and the, yeah. the, the issues that happen with it? Like, how do people not know about this? And why is it, it like went backwards. It's like, oh, tuna's rare. And if we overfish it, things are going to go really bad. And then let's just open all the, it's just crazy to me. And so I do feel the same way about fish. Like I want to know where it came from. Yeah. Wild caught. How did they get caught? It's so so I, If I, and I, I kind of go that way too, just with like meats in general. So for some reason I'm at someone's house and I happened to be in Kauai last year and isn't it amazing. Oh my God. I got another one for, I got another conference for you, but yeah. So went to Hawaii the woman's house that I was at for dinner she was like oh this is Hawaii raised beef that was um raised on the farm next door and it was like a meatloaf and I was like yeah I'll eat that you know like okay I'll I'll eat that that's fine like I know where it came from Mm -hmm. um but other than that I just kind of stay away from it I would say I'm like 90% vegetarian 
Yeah, that's I mean that may I totally respect it. As long as you have eggs, I'm cool with it. <laughs> yeah. If I didn't have eggs, this would be a much longer lecture. So Yes, it would. We would just like uh stop it. No, I'm just kidding. I yeah. I have all respect for people because it's true. There's just, like I really do. You would know by you're so in tune with your body, you would know when things start to fall in the place yeah. where it's not right. And I think that's the most important thing is like whether you're eating a lot of meat or whether you're not eating a lot of meat, go if it feels good, then it feels good and it just is and that's not- the bottom line mm-hmm. I felt I cut out meat and I like I thought it was gonna be hard I thought it was like oh it's gonna be so hard I'm gonna feel terrible I immediately lost like four pounds like immediately I think in seven days I lost four pounds and I PR'd like on a, on a clean that week and then I like felt amazing and I was like wait why did I eat meat before so I and I was before I was like I would consider myself paleo before that and so yeah, it was a big switch and I just don't really have a reason to go back yet. And I've yeah. continued to get in better shape. I've continued to get stronger. So yeah, that's good. And I do think there is a population that does well with it. And they, as long as they're listening to it, it's interesting. I even, this is something that I know. Uh, I'm super hippie, obviously my podcast title, but I go um, occasionally and I get my Vedic astrology read. And so mm. I just like doing it with different people. And it's just always like a really good place, a good way to ground yourself. If you kind of feel like all over the place, it's just like, this is the way you are without you even having to talk, like just by the stars and the alignment and latitude and longitude of your birthplace. So this lady, the first first thing she said, she was like, don't ever try to be a vegetarian. And I was like, what? How did you know that? So there's even, you know, and she's, most of those people, Eastern medicine, Ayurvedic medicine, they tend to be low animal product proponents. And mm-hmm. so I was just like, it's really, it was the first time I was like, okay, it's so true. There's definitely people that do well with it. And I mean, I was vegetarian for like three days and then I just fell apart and I tend to be really anemic. And so if I, if oh. I, it's something very, um, I just, I know that I cannot be a vegetarian ever. So I just, yeah. but I do love talking to people with other dogmas because there is no one size fits all. So it's really good that you are seeing such success with it. And well, I'm just about the two year point. So on the day, I think I remember the day cause it was like the beginning of spring training. So it was like February 15th. So I feel like on that day, I'm going to be like, Oh God, I feel like shit. <laughs> well, right. <laughs> I mean, I'm, the timing of this podcast might have just saved you a lot of shitty feelings. <laughs> all right. All right. I'll look into stuff. You, you can give me a long list, I'm sure. So I'll cool. just, I'll just keep it simple. I'll keep it yeah. simple. A really good food-based B vitamin or a, like a multivitamin. Like, I'll just give you two options and I won't overwhelm you, but I do think that with vegetarian, that's like the one place I'd go. If you eat eggs, if you don't eat eggs, then that's a whole different story. So yeah, I'm glad we had this talk. This is good yeah. for me. It can exist. So, I think this, I think this was spreading off of like habits. And so that's, Oh yeah. Sorry. That's like what I, I mean, I, the thing is, is that when people travel, it's, it's so easy to be like, Oh, well I'm traveling and kind of go off. And I'm like, I've been traveling for three months. So I can't be like, well, I'm traveling. Like I would gain 20 pounds and feel like shit. So I go to grocery stores. Like I, I do, I, I'm like a normal human. I go to grocery stores. I put things in fridge. I cook as much as I can when I'm on the road. Uh, if I have a kitchen, I, I'm still sticking to my diet. I, I seek out, I go out of my way to keep that intact. And I also go out of my way to keep not just going to the gym, but the gym that I want to go to. So for example, I'm staying in like downtown LA area and I'm driving 30 minutes to go to this gym in Hermosa, which is just to be honest with you, I just went there the first day and I was like, I love the people. The setup's awesome. They had uh, contrast tubs and I was like, what? This is like the first contrast I've ever been to that has contrast tubs. 
Yeah. So I was, I've been doing like ice. I've been doing ice and and I've been doing uh, cold tub, hot tub for for the past few days. Um, they had everything I needed. I loved it. I loved the setup. It's right in Hermosa, and I was like, I'm gonna do it. It's a 30 minute drive out of my way, but it's worth it. So, I like I said, you were talking about habits. Like I just principle based. Like okay, every day I'm gonna eat healthy, and I'm going to make sure that I get at least one training session, and if not two, and then everything else falls in line. Yeah. Like I, I think habits. Okay, let, let me say this and I'll explain it. Habits can be addicting. And so any kind of addiction without it, you freak out, right? Mm-hmm. So if you have your habit and then all of a sudden that habit's gone. So when you travel or whatever, someone comes in town, you just like your routine is off. Mm-hmm. And then you're just like, oh my God, like what happened? I can't eat healthy. I don't know what's going on. Like habits can be, habits can be crippling too, because especially if you work in an industry like you work in or like I work in where you are traveling quite a bit. What do you mean routine? Why are you going to get yourself into, oh, I need to find a routine. You're screwed if you have a routine that you want to stick to because your routine is constantly changing. Yeah. So why, why not just have your principles that you live by and make sure like those are, those are non, non-negotiables. Like yeah. have your non-negotiables and just stick to those. And if you, because if I tried to stick to a routine, it'd be impossible. I am so glad you talked about this. I've been thinking about this so much. So I am one of those people, the same thing. Like I am so strict on certain components of my life, whether it's going to the gym, whether it's um, eating the certain way or like for me, I have a very strict protocol. Like there's no dairy in my diet. There's no gluten in my diet. Like there's very big no's. And so I feel I've been talking a lot and trying to like write these presentations around habit building or just like sticking with something. There's things that in my life I'm very resistant resistant to. For example, I have a I have a sauna in my house and it's this amazing oh. little infrared pocket sauna. It's like a canvas like teepee with this infra, near infrared light and I love it. And I I know that if I woke up every morning an hour earlier, I would be able to go into the sauna and feel great and I would just sweat it out and start some detox and just feel really good. But there's something in me that I feel like there's almost this like, I was talking about this with my boyfriend Bradford. There's like this cap on what you're able to ask and demand of your body. And when you demand so many things so many times over and over and over again, it's like you just keep for me, it's always this more mentality. I want more, 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 more. I could be better. I could do better. But there's like, definitely a limit. And even with me and how much I crave to be the healthiest biohacking individual in the world, like there's a limit to how much I can set upon myself without me feeling like I don't want to do anything anymore. So I think it's important to choose wisely, like choose the ones that really, really make sense and be patient with yourself on the ones that maybe aren't as big of a deal. Uh, Cause then that's when people just get so frustrated and they just are like, "There's there's too much. I can't do it at all. Fuck it. I'm out. And so I, I told like, you I have two principles that mm-hmm. I live by. Two principles. That means like even when so when I was in Asia, I was able to stick to those principles very in a very different way than I normally would. Mm-hmm. But I woke up. I mean, I was in a really, really. I'm such a baby, you know. But like I, I didn't have running water, and I like didn't have like a normal toilet. It was like a squatting, like a hole in the ground toilet, and like you had to plug in the light bulb for electricity. It wasn't like, you know, whatever, it's roughing it, right? And also I didn't even know a single word of the language when I got there and nobody spoke English, all that stuff. So I've got this, like, I was very uncomfortable for the first few days, especially I was very uncomfortable. Like, yeah. 
So I'm like, all right, I woke up every morning and I'm like, sometimes some, the first couple of days I literally like woke up in the morning and laid in my bed and didn't want to get out of bed because I was like afraid. I don't even know what I was afraid of, but I was like so uncomfortable and I just forced myself to get like to work out. Yeah. And like I posted a couple of my workouts online. It was so simple body weight stuff. I mean, not, I didn't have the impact. I was totally unprepared. <laughs> I was like, just totally, just totally, I was like, just body weight, simple body weight stuff. But as soon as I got done, i like felt like myself. Mm-hmm. And then eating, eating wise was, was easy because they have such a healthy diet over there. And Where so, were you um, well, I was in Laos in a very, very remote village in Laos. So it's, um, just North of Thailand. And yeah, so they, they just got electricity like 10 years ago. I'm serious. I'm serious. It's not an exaggeration. Yeah. So, um, yeah, so eating was pretty, uh, it was easy in some ways because it was so healthy, but it wasn't easy in other ways because they were serving like insects and cow's blood soup. And I was like, what? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, lots of iron. (laughs) I I couldn't, I couldn't. It was like, it's hard to describe it. It was like gelatin blood. Oh God. I had to, (laughs) I had to drink, uh, like I think it was cow blood. I hope it wasn't human blood. It, one of the challenges that I did, it was terrible. It was like, I never, oh, I, don't, I don't F with that. But it's very nutrient dense. I guess that's what people, indeed, yeah. I mean, that's what they were able to live on, you know? Yeah. It's crazy to think about. Yeah. yeah. So all lots, lots of that stuff. And obviously, again, we saw, I'm like, these poor Westerners, they're, they're probably looking at me like, what's wrong with this girl? Like, why should she eat this food? <laughs> and even the food that did like look normal to me, that was just like, let's say some um, beef and like herbs and stuff. I would take a big bite out of it. And the seasoning was so, so off of my palate that I was like, Wah. like I just did it. I lost 10 pounds. Let's just put it that way. Oh man. So, so yeah, it was, it was definitely, but my whole point in saying this is like, if I was trying to stick to some like routine or like, Oh, my daily seven habits, like they say, whatever, what is it, like, seven successful habits of the most successful people or whatever? I'm like, who has seven habits? Like, I know, (laughs) I know, and this is what drives me crazy is because there's all these expectations from all these people, and I, you know, I have such respect for some of these people, like Tim Ferriss and Tony Robbins. I think they do great work, and they inspire a ton of people, and, you know, I just, I think it's great, but I also do think sometimes it's very unrealistic because all you're doing is adding to the list what somebody should do. Like, oh, now I have to wear these glasses at night if I'm going to email and now I have to like, you know, I just think if it's not perfect or if it's not every night, then people don't do it. So I think just remember, if you remember it, grab the glasses. If you forget, you forgot and it's okay. But I do think, I'm glad you said that. I wonder what the limit is. Like, what is the human limit of habits that can be sustainable? Maybe like, maybe it's three. Yeah. But I also wonder like, because Tim Ferriss, he, he didn't inspire this necessarily, but I, for the past three years I've traveled pretty extensively for several months out of the year. And he talks about doing this and he talks about having many, many retirements. And I heard this after I started traveling, but I was like, oh, that's what I do. And I, I wonder though, if he traveled for like 18 months or something, and like, did you really do all of those habits every single day and every single place that you went when you were traveling all around? Probably not. But the point is, is that he's, he's going to sell something. And so that's, that's how it goes. But I mean, he probably does a lot of this a lot of times and he's offering suggestions but that doesn't mean that tim ferris wakes up every single morning because he travels a lot right now anyway too i'm sure because he's tim ferris and he does shit but like <laughs> but it's not like he wakes up every single morning and then he has his journal right here and his coffee cup right here and then at this specific time 
the alarm goes off and then he does this. It's like, no, life doesn't happen like that. What's actually, possible. what's actually interesting is Tim Ferriss, I read a blog post. Sometimes he like sleeps till, I think he usually sleeps until 11. Did you know that? I saw yeah. he wrote about it and I was like, what? I was like, this is crazy. Like I, yeah. and so that, you know, whatever. I think that. And then I'm like, wait, I thought successful people don't sleep <laughs> until 11 o'clock. So yeah. <laughs> guess what people, everyone who's listening, I don't make my bed. Okay. <laughs> I don't make my bed. But the thing, the, the principle, again, it's, that's a principle. It's a constant. Mm-hmm. So when I wake up in the morning, my thing typically, like I usually work out in the morning. So typically the thing that I do in the morning to, to feel like I'm accomplished because that's what making your bed is about. But the thing that I do to feel accomplished is usually working out. Mm-hmm. I mean, you usually I'm working out in the morning, typically, unless I'm, unless I'm somewhere where I really can't. So when I worked out, I feel like I did it, you know, yeah. and that's, that's the metaphorical making your bed, which is why I say I'm principle based and I'm not like, well, I need to make my bed to be successful. I'm not yes. going to be there if I don't make my bed. It's so true. People are so literal. And I think it's great because literal people make the world go round. But I also, <laughs> I also just want people to relax a little bit and understand it. And I, God, I can't even tell you the last time I made my bed. It's uh, my bed. I don't, I think it's pointless to make your bed because it's like, <laughs> I'm the only one that sees it. Bradford sees it. My cat sees it. I don't, I'm, I'm just going to make it more messy. Like if I go on a trip, I do make it because I like coming home to it when it's like all made. But outside of that, I just see, I see, like, I think my biggest pet peeve is when people ask me my morning routine. Cause I'm like, (laughs) why would you ask me that? I don't have like this magical moment where I wake up and I'm like so excited to be alive and I conquer the world. I just, I wake up and I just get shit done. So I'm glad that you said that. Yeah. Well, people really want the, people want steps one through five. And the the sad part about that is, is that they're going to, no, like, let's say you're, let's say the person who's asking you this question is feeling disorganized or like doesn't have a purpose in life or whatever. The sad thing is, even if they, if you, even if you had five steps, you said, all right, well, first I wake up, I go pee, I brush my teeth, I make my bed, I eat, I drink coffee and I eat breakfast. So those are five things. And then they wrote and they're like, okay, all right. Oh, this is good shit. You drink coffee. Okay. Whew, that's a great one. All right. Oh, you brush your teeth. Okay, good. I got it. You know, they write that all down. They're going to go home, do those five steps, and they're still not going to have direction in their life. I know. And it's so, so it's looking for that answer. So then the answer, what I've actually talked about with Sean Croxton, I don't know if you know who he is. He's just such a great, great influencer in this community, but I'm doing his Money Mind Academy because I really want to know how he's structuring things. And just like for me, just getting rid of some money blocks, it's just really great. And he um, talks about this. He said that as soon as you do commit to something and have a decision, whether it's a goal or whether it's a, uh, it would be a goal, a goal or a dream. As soon as you do it, the silence happens and all the noise kind of quiets. So I think it's more, it's not the habits that are going to make that silence go away. It's the goal. And then the habits are what's going to actually get you to that goal. So I think just, yes, that's such a good observation. Like the habits follow. The habits don't necessarily lead you to that point, they, the habits fall in line after you decide to go in that direction. Yes. And all of a sudden your life aligns. Mm-hmm. And then like, it's just, <sighs> wait, but like, why can't, that's exactly, that is such a great observation that you just said, because once you decide to do whatever great thing that is that you want to do, whatever it is, if it's going to the CrossFit game, once you decide that there's no other options, but to eat healthy and to get the right amount of sleep and to wake up with a good 
you know, routine, whatever that looks like for you in the morning. There's no option. You just do it because you've decided on what you want to do. Mm-hmm. And there's really, I mean, people say there's different ways to skin a cat. And I say, yeah, sure. But there's only one best way to skin a cat. Mm-hmm. So you don't have a lot of choice. The habits will fall in line after you make the decision to do what's right for you in your life. And that's the beauty of it. When the goal is in line with what you actually want, there's, it's such a powerful place. That's why it's powerful. It's like a lot of times goal setting, people tend to bring other people's influence into it. Like I should look expectations, whatever it is, outer expectations versus this internal drive. But if it's really in line with what you want, and sometimes that just takes a lot of brainstorming and mapping out and soul, soul searching travel is a going really to Hermosa way. beach. <laughs> I was going to say, like, if you can just come sit down by Hermosa beach pier, I'm telling you, I'm doing it right now. And I'm telling you, your life will fall in place. <laughs> it's so true. Um, yeah. I think that's a great observation. So if you yeah. don't have a goal, don't worry, but I do think you should set a goal out there, my listeners, because then the habits just become fluid. They become, um, yeah. an extension of, yeah. instead of because rule. it's like, People are like, well, I, okay, I'm going to set a goal to drink less this year. Mm-hmm. Well, guess what? If you have a, a goal, of, I'm using, go, go to the CrossFit Games. You ain't going to be drinking. <laughs> no. Nope. No. Nope. Sorry. <laughs> like, I don't, I don't have time to drink. You know why? I do have time to drink probably, but I don't have time to waste time the next morning, sleeping in or whatever. That's so I it. don't have time. Like, I don't, I don't have time to drink because I don't have time to like deal with all the rest of it and not get good sleep. So I'm not going to train the next day. I don't have time for that. I don't have time to watch television. I don't have time for that. Like, I don't, who has time for that? Who has time to watch a show every week at the same time? Do you, I'm curious. Do you have a show that you watch? I'm curious. Oh, no. I mean, I did watch my show. So the chance for stars, I did watch that, but it was weird to have, like, I hated it because it was like, oh, I, I sat down certain time. I, it was like, I had to rush my gym workout to make it. And I was just, I, it was exhausting. And so I just, I was really happy that the episodes were over. I had so much fun doing it. Don't get me wrong. Listeners, I loved it. But I also just felt, um, the only thing that I watch is it's on my DVR is, um, vice. I'm obsessed with vice. Oh, really? So yeah. I usually like backlog it. And then when I have like, if, whatever, like sure a week is, is it a, reality it's, show or is it no, like it's just a really good reporting it's like real raw world issues and they journalists go and they like get the raw footage and they share stories that aren't being told and it's incredible and it's actually it's like a learning thing though yes it's a learning yeah. thing and that's the only way i feel happy with tv is if i'm actually yeah. like like a documentary on strongman like how can i get yeah sure <laughs> um, i just watched a documentary not too long ago so i mean i, I watch things mm-hmm. but I agree. The TV things. Yeah, I get it. It's, uh, it's easy to get sucked into and I don't judge people for it because I clearly have, that was the launching point of my career was to be on the reality TV show. So I appreciate those people that watched it. But I also, um, I do think that it's better to just put it on DVR. Don't watch it live time. Watch it when you can. Right. Kind of thing. So don't structure your life around those things. Cause again, if you, it's, it's like you just said, ah, I love it. It's like the chicken or the egg. Like we know now, like when you have a goal and you truly have committed to something, there's really not going to be time for much else mm-hmm. that takes away from that. Ah, so. What a way to end this. This is so good. Rachel, you're awesome. Where can people find you? Um, your Instagram for sure. And then I will link everything in the podcast notes, but uh, what do you want people to know about you and all that fun jazz? So we didn't really talk about my story. We stopped at me changing diapers, which is not what I do for a living, but um, <laughs> <laughs> that was a long time ago. So, so sorry. Um, so they can, I, I do have a website. It's, it's just Um I'm probably most active on my Instagram. 
which is rachel.balkovic. And then I just started up, if, if you're just getting into the field, a young professional of any kind, I just started up something called the Virtual Handshake Academy. Um, and it's, it's for young professionals for a resume, cover letter, um, motivation, just different little, just different little tidbits. Sometimes I go on rants on there, so that's always fun. Um, so Virtual Handshake Academy is another Instagram that I'm on. Those are probably my most two active places. I love it. Well, this is so fun. I knew I would love you and Sean was correct. Um, I so can't wait. Sean. Yeah, we have to. I'll, t- I'll give him an email. Uh, thank you for coming on. This is so great. Yeah, thank you. Thank you.